Longtime friend of the pod, Julian, you're back. Wow. Yeah, I thought it'd be really nice if I just graced after dark, um, you know, something of my own creation with my presence for once, you know. Yeah, you know. Um, I thought that might be a good idea. It's nice to so, it's nice to see you every once in a while. I mean, I think you'll be happy to know that I'm still uh, just as much back on my bullshit. Um, I would like to talk about a a new format, mm. um, but 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 not super much of a new format. It's just more versions of, of playing with commons, right? Um, right. We love PDH here in the Hex Drinker Circle, and we have found a new variant, uh, Dual Popper Commander. Popper Dual Commander, actually, I believe, is the uh, the official term. All right, why don't you uh, push your glasses up a little higher and, you, and snort. <laughs> actually, actually. Yeah, Chev, you and I have been... Uh, kind of we've been we've been moonlighting on the hex drinkers and uh playing this format and we've actually really been enjoying yeah 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 or at least i have mm -hmm. i don't know if you <laughs> have with the way well I've, games i finally won going, a game but... so that was that was pretty um special you know but no i i like you brought up when we were playing earlier today uh it's fun to play a format that's 1v1 um you know there's there's a lot of politics that go into a regular commander game, Popper Commander, CPDH, EDH, etc. Even if everyone is, you know, fighting to play to win, because that's like one of the central tendencies to make a deck, CPDH. Um, mm -hmm. There's still politics you have to play. There's still like understanding threat assessment with four people. And it is very refreshing to just play 1v1. Um, obviously, we're not going to play more established formats that have years of support. We're going to do some janky off-brew shoot uh, but luckily, the 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 Popper Dual Commander group or the the people that have run a couple of leagues have put it all together. Um, there's a, a Moxfield account with decks too, so you can just kind of jump in and play. And it's yeah, games are quick, 25 life, 16 commander damage, uh, and they've been like really working on this and fine tuning it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I I echo that sentiment completely. Um, the just the cognitive load, yes. like you said, is just so much less for this, and it's quicker. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, uh, you know, we slammed, I want to say, like, five games in the course of an hour. Yeah. In the course of an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, very quick. Which is, you would be lucky to finish a singular game of PDH or, or even regular Commander in, in that sort of yes. time. Yeah. Um, so this has been, this has been really, uh, really fun. And, uh, and, and also an, an interesting kind of, a different sort of deck building experience mm -hmm. as well we brewed some of our own decks mm -hmm. as well as took some established community decks from like you said the the popper dual commander um moxfield so shout out to them and we'll mention the, yeah, the, the individual the actual decks of each deck too. as we get through them but yeah i but, uh, i yeah. i also think um it reminds me of how we originally started playing magic and the longer we're playing with cardboard the more we, we seem to be talking about, you know, how fun it was when we just got started. When we had a bunch of jank, mm -hmm. we had a kitchen table or we had the floor in my basement um, back or yep. in my parents' house um, and all that stuff. And that's that's really what, what sold us on PDH too was, was playing jank cards that aren't pushed rares. And you're like, I remember playing this, you know, in a ridiculous environment or something. And then especially today and with the, the deck that I created um, – which was a Shaman of the Pack-led Elf Ball deck. Um, I played Elves as one of my first EDH decks, and a lot of these cards were just the ones that I played against your green-blue, all-multi-creature, or all multicolor uh, 
deck, and it felt so <laughs> oh, good uh, to be yeah, in charge good of it again. Momir Vig. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, just uh, you know, take 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 two structure decks and uh, take uh, a couple booster packs and put them into a deck and and, and then <laughs> fucking riffle shuffle that thing with no sleeves yep. and just Raw go dog. at it like. Li- yeah, uh, we played on high school high school desks. We played on uh, like you know sticky tables mm-hmm. at our, our local uh, eateries. We played literally on the grass uh, at frisbee yeah, practice. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the decks yeah, I want to be it, running here. They they seem especially so um, for for the for two player games. Uh, there's obviously a focus larger on winning than just you know having fun. So. Uh, whether there's whether there's competitive dual pauper commander, I think bo- inherently it is. So they're a little bit more yeah. focused. But since you're, they felt like um, you had to worry less about multiple other strategies, or they they felt like at least the decks that we took from the community too, there wasn't as much tech you had to play, um, like you see in a lot of current CPDH builds. So it was a lot more just fun cards that you want to be slinging. Yes, because you have, yeah, hundred percent. You only it's, worry about one person's threats. You don't need like as much redundancy, and then it is in any two-player game a much easier strategy to try to win as opposed to keep everybody from winning. Yeah, a hundred percent. You don't have to play like you're saying a lot of niche cards. Like people aren't main decking um, honored heirloom yeah. for like graveyard hate because you just need to assume that someone in your PDH pod is playing some sort of graveyard. Uh, deck mm-hmm. you don't need to be doing things like that you don't uh uh one of the decks that i was <laughs> playing was playing freaking uh him to torak <laughs> which you would never play in normal right. pdh because it, it, it only does it only targets one person um but it was much more potent in in the deck we played earlier mm-hmm. and and specifically something that i want to talk about and what my my brood deck was was uh you know what's viable in this format chef <laughs> straight up playing burn no yeah i i really love um the deck so we we saw that that PDC was kind of becoming a thing. We read the article um, on the PDH home base that kind of discussed it, uh, I believe, after the Italian League. And then the update on August 2nd um, discussing, you know, what they've learned from it uh, really reinvigorated as well. But our first takes a deck. So I had that Elf Ball deck led by Shaman of the Pack. And then we went through a few iterations of what you wanted to play before we settled on this thing. And it's, it's a powerhouse. It's just a spell-slinging all day um straight to face and then who's who's your commander julian (laughs) so uh from many moons ago i believe the original ravnica set we have this lovely little uncommon called jelectro Mm -hmm. uh for one a red and a blue so like you said we're in we're in prime spell slinging colors and i'll talk about the deck a little bit later but it it really only wants to do two things and uh, those are both very much red blue things uh you can tap Jelexo to deal one damage to a uh, target creature or player. So I guess now that would be any target. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you may untap Jelectrode. So you might you might be seeing exactly where this is going. Um, we've seen cards similar to this throughout uh, the years. Things like... Um, I need to reorder my freaking deck list. Uh, Thermo Alchemist, then, I guess, the, the big one. Yeah, th- That's specifically like a tap um, or a Cinder Pyromancer. Um, as opposed to like yes. Firebrand um, and Keswick Flame Breather that are you know you just play a spell and it deals damage. Yes, I uh, I have my my list on Moxfield. I had it ordered by Mana Value because um, <laughs> it's basically like all ones and twos and then like a couple spells with Delve mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Thermo Alchemist. Um, we have uh, 
Cinder Pyromancer does the same thing, but only uh, when you play a red spells is it untapped. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have things like Firebrand Archer and Kessig Flame Breather that just deal damage to each opponent, one damage to each opponent whenever you cast a non-creature spell. So we just want to rack up as many ping triggers as possible. And then uh, I told you we're doing one red thing and one blue thing. Uh, all of our blue draws cards and all of our red uh, deals damage. So we've got, you know, obviously, basically just anything that does one one mana, two or three damage, we've got it. Mm-hmm. So Rift Bolt, Forked Bolt, uh, Pillar of Flame, Skewer the Critics, Bolt, Lightning Bolt. Yeah. You know, yeah, skewer the critics, um, lightning strike, uh, and then of course just all the the cheap uh, cantrips, preordain, yeah. ponder, uh, serum visions, sleight of hand. Do you remember? Do you remember who originally led this deck? Because I know we, so we kind of went in, and I was like, I want to build elves. I think elves are viable, and I, I was looking specifically for like what cards would not be as good in regular uh, PDH, but might be better um in dual commander and so one of those for me i thought would be shaman of the pack because shaman of the pack um one a black and a green etb target opponent loses life equal to the number of elves you control so it's like it's not great because it targets one person so i thought that it would be a lot better here uh and you went right to spell slinging i think so i'm trying to remember because we i remember doing a scryfall search for what uncommons exist that can ping and that's how we found Gelectrode typed weird. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I My initial thought was, I was like, okay, so we, we have a much lower life total, mm-hmm. right? We're, like, we're basically almost playing, like, um, you know, like modern, basically, right? right? Um, and I was like, I, I want to do something that's never been viable, really, in most of the formats that we play, PDH and EDH, mm-hmm. pr- pretty much. And... Um, yeah, I immediately I was like, I want to do. I, I was considering maybe doing some sort of Voltron thing, um, because I've like brewed Voltron decks in the past, but they've never really done what I yeah. wanted them to. And I was like, all right, well, what if I I want something that just like I wanted to go fast, yeah. basically. I, I wanted something that was just gonna like get you dead real quick. I wanted to embrace the more just linear, uh, you know, mm. results oriented right, right. kind of thinking of the format. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh well, what if I what if I played like, uh, unfortunately Oakley's not on the pod, but uh, one of the most like powerful decks in both <laughs> modern and legacy currently is basically like red blue, tempo burn. Yep. You know, uh, it's called Delver for people who are familiar with that moniker. Um, and I was like, I kind of want to do something like that, but like a little bit less on the, you know, play your your evasive threat and then protect it with bounce Mm -hmm. spells and and stuff like that and i was like i just want to kind of just like deal a lot of damage and um yeah i found i just was looking through is it commanders and i found electrode um after i considered um uh adelies who's the tribal wizards right i remember that one yeah yeah i considered adelies but uh the common card pool is not that great and also a lot of those wizards are like three or four mana and i was like i don't want to wait that long to cast a creature yep um i was like i want to cast like four spells in in one turn um and uh i considered adelie's as well as crackling drake but crackling drake is already kind of like an established mm-hmm. pdh threat especially cpdh and i was like let me find something different and then i found Electrode, and i was like all right well now i have to do it for the memes and for the potency yeah and um it, it kind of like in some of those early games too it had big choosing your starting Pokemon and having an inherent weakness uh, vibe to it, because I was playing Elf Ball. All my creatures have one toughness, and Julian's playing a commander that whenever I played an Elf, it would die. 
So the with Shaman of the Pack, yeah, and, and this is something that I think uh, was interesting once we stumbled across the PDC Moxfield account. Um, and before I forget, mm -hmm. I want to call out there, PDC Popper Dual Commander is the full name um, of, of the uh, the account. And that has links to the official uh, Popper Dual Commander website, etc. There's still stuff on PDH Homebase, but uh, they have a website as well. But yeah, yes. um, Shaman of the Pack, of course, requires your elves to be on the battlefield. Unlike the one that is currently uh, recognized by PDC, which is Abomination of Lanoar, which is uh, power and toughness are equal to the number of elves you control, plus the elf cards in your graveyard. And I remember kind of going right. between the two, but I was like, nah, Shaman's going to be more interesting and tactical. Um, and maybe it is, but not against Burn. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I really liked your deck, and I knew it was going to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when we were like you said, just starting out, because Shaman of the Pack was a card from Magic Origins. Correct. Which released about half a year after we started. And um, I remember tooling around with like almost like a pseudo-standard deck, and I think you were as well, that were like elf decks yeah. that played Shaman of the Pack and just, you know, if you get a couple Shaman of the Pack triggers and you drain for like four each time, you're, yeah. you know, all, all of a sudden your opponent's like almost nearly dead. So I, I was very scared of this coming in and i think i think i literally just played the hard counter to your list yeah because uh, it did because so in I our think, first early games with like one of the original versions of the Gelectro deck that wasn't as potent before we really streamlined it and while we were still like feeling yeah. it out a little bit um the elf deck mm -hmm. did put in work but whether that was because yes, of shaman of the pack or wins. just elves spiraling which is a known strategy and has been for 25 years um that is less less known yeah, I think it's I think it's both. I mean, you, it's Shaman of the Pack for me incorporates like probably the, two of the biggest overall takeaways and things that I like about this format. Mm -hmm. And I think that like because we're we're playing a uh, we're playing a faster format and we're playing with such a lower life total, I think things that like deal incremental like burn basically burn damage like this, yes. like Shaman of the Pack, like Gelectrode, I think are like way more viable. Mm -hmm. And I think Shaman of the Pack also has a lot of the like powerful uh aggressive end of mid-range grinding that you can do because you're you're getting that uh army that you amass with elves generally right mm -hmm. um and then you also are getting to play black and just have yes. all the good removal to kind of keep people off things um and then have a bit more grind game really um and we played some more mid-range decks uh from the uh popper dual commander mm -hmm. uh site and we saw some some more grindiness but yeah i i like i really like your deck obviously it, it could probably be tweaked but i think i just happen to have like the hard counter in Gelectrode. i i'm wondering how this would fare if we played this against some of the decks some of the other decks from the popper dual commander. yeah some or of the ones that kind of came out in that first uh, meta analysis too because i know that they um there are some ones because the the current best burn commander or at least the one that is uh most identical like been the champion of the archetype in pdc is loyal apprentice for that wild you know two mana two one with haste and the lieutenant ability which is always weird on a commander because you know if it's on the battlefield this two one for two now reads you know at the beginning of combat make a one one colorless thopter with flying yeah and that's gonna uh, spiral yeah. pretty quick i don't know it sounds like jelectrode beats that beat that deck pretty true easily, so yeah uh, yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to counter the meta, okay? Yeah. That's it. I, I really love, like, it's it's been fun to see PDC and then also CPDH kind of really grow recently, and especially with the amount of data 
um, that is collected and goes into the database and all that stuff as well. Because you get like wild stats, like loyal loyal apprentice, seventy one percent win rate in twenty twenty one over twenty one games, and a fifty nine percent win rate in twenty twenty two. And like you get in depth analysis because people are putting in the time and effort to really strategize and make these like make it a, a make it data driven, which you don't you obviously don't see much with casual commander uh, maybe it's in the the seed yeah, space i don't know but like this is just super cool to see the format grow and then like watch it change from the inception yeah yeah it's uh it's awesome i've been loving the uh the communities that have come up and also just kind of seeing something grow in real time right it's not like we've seen the only i, th I think the only thing that we've really seen that's kind of existed for us has been like brawl mm -hmm. and that was a uh, very very short-lived yeah so you know it's not it's not like we were there when modern came around or when they uh you know turned from type 2 to standard or whatever the hell yes but yeah it's it's cool to see this sort of thing come and to sort of also be on the you know on the ground floor mm -hmm. um but yeah that that is really the thing because like and and the, it's it's growing and it'll get there etc cetera, etc cetera. but being able to look into um you know pdc and not have it really be solved or anything yet because it is still so mm. new there it feels like there's a lot more room for experimentation and learning that you don't get as much in the more um kind of set edh space right like we know when cards are good or bad at this point we know what edh rec is saying that displacer kitten is good in cedrus decks because x um i may or may not have been looking at that recently don't worry about it uh but <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> but all of this stuff is, you know, it's from the beginning. You try new things, you you break it open, and uh, it just keeps going like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, for sure, for we, sure. We had our decks, um, and then we thought it would be also interesting to see, like, where the community has kind of come together for some of the, the top decks. Uh, and especially if you go to the, the PDC Popper Dual... <laughs> such a long name. PDC Popper Dual Commander um, Moxfield account. All one, all one, all one word. word. Um, camel case. Uh, and they they have all these lists and the user who originally like created them too so you know they're they're good on their respecting the ogs um and so we played with a couple of these decks too uh i i played with a um what did i play with first it was a green one and it didn't do well uh finn you, yeah, yeah i played a, finn the finn the fang I, th I thought yeah. i could do it um i played a i played a slight variation of the list that's like actually recognized um i think i had a few too many pump spells um so there might be some space in, in cleaning that up and then i played uh the ezra odds maker which i've done a few times i think it's alcadron um has the list that i've used for our pdh episode was it alcadron that sounds right yeah um, i believe so super good and i i enjoyed it uh it didn't perform the way i wanted to in those games but i wanted to give it another try um here and it did it did pretty well i would say you know <laughs> that card it, it uh, azra ozmaker is like just a ridiculously powerful card. yes it every time i see it and we haven't you haven't played that pdh deck for a while yeah i think it was back maybe in the spring when you last played it um but just any time it if it if it survives to combat um it, it just gives you so much advantage yes like you you drew i want to say you were down to like 65 cards yeah. left in your deck or something yeah, over yeah. the course of that that game um which was like a i don't know maybe like a 10 turn game mm -hmm. or something um that might not be right i don't know if the math checks out on that yeah, but i mean I it, you drew it a lot of cards it, you it saw really a bunch really of does stuff. yeah 
and honestly like plus there's the there's the madness synergies and yeah. all that sort of stuff too and it's wild and in, in edh there's like uh, what one of the anyas i think um is the madness commander and then there's like asmore mm-hmm. who has a discard theme so madness and a couple others but Azura just feels more fun for those synergies. Like you've got the discard trigger, but it's still tied to combat, and so it feels, it feels like what I want a Madness Commander to be. Um, yeah, and then yeah. and what what decks did you uh, champion from this group? I played um I played, uh so when when we sat down and we were like oh let's look through some of these and let's play them. Right. You first you were like I want to do Finn because. Voltron, I guess, and also I, I saw it at the top like, of the meta game. In fact, it was like spicy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe we'll talk about green in a little bit. Yeah. But um, I was like, I want to. All right, I played my fast deck, like I brewed my fast deck. I want to. Uh, I was like, I just want to play like mid range. Mm-hmm. I just want to like, I want to grind. So I played the Knights of the Black Rose. Yes. Deck by uh, pl- I really apologize. This is a very Italian name, but uh, Viginello. V i double g i a n e double l o. Um, who has a few uh, decks mm-hmm. in the in the PDC PDC yeah. box field? Um, yeah, oh, that's that's another thing, and, right? Uh, like the first league took place in Italy, and so it's like super cool to see you know these things crop up in places that aren't just the U.S. Yes, yeah, but uh, I played their Knights of the Black Rose mm-hmm. deck, and that thing put into work. That I, was I was kind of brutal. Jeff, I was kind of bullying you a little bit. Like, I apologize. All, all removal, and then um, the, the Knights of the Black Rose, five mana, four, four, ETB, become Monarch. Um, when an opponent becomes the Monarch, if you were the Monarch, as the turn began, that player loses two life, and you gain two life. So, as soon as you enter the Monarchy, like, you're you're losing life just by, you know, trying to attack the Black Rose player. And we got in, in one of the games, I think it was the second one with Finn. Finn came out early, uh, mm-hmm. Lotus Petal and Forest, turn one. Getting kind of crazy, but I kept just drawing pump spells, which won't do it against a Fleshbag Marauder you brought back like three times because of that one recover spell. Yeah, let me uh, let me let me talk about that. So Fleshbag Marauder obviously three mana enters each player sacrifice a creature, yes. but then you have um, Grim Harvest, which is a card from Cold Snap, and it's one in a black for an instant return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, cool. But it also has Recover for two in a black, and Recover is when a creature is put into your graveyard from play. You may pay the recover cost, in this case, two and a black, if you do return this card, this card being Grim Harvest, from your graveyard to your hand, otherwise exile it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful. But I was able to, with Grim Harvest, uh, just flashback Marauder like three turns in a row yep. and then basically have that up permanently yeah. for the rest of the game. And unfortunately, yeah, Chev, you were only drawing pump spells. So you, I think you went up to 10 mana on Finn and then yes. you're like, all right, that's, that's well, too th- much. Well, then, then that's the, the other aspect too where Knights of the Black Rose really comes in where I was down to two life or something and so i could not attack you because you were the monarch and otherwise i would die so i made one last ditch effort to try and get in with the poison counters that would hit in combat and then the trigger from knights of the black rose would kind of go on uh and hopefully kill you before then but then you had the audacity to block um which did not i know it which it was wild it was going to be it was going to be exactly lethal in fact Mm -hmm. because you had like four yeah you had four pump spells in your hand or something but yeah, I was like, I I can't take that risk. Maybe that's something to call out too, um, as another aside, because this is after dark, and I can just keep derailing this conversation as much as I want. Oh, please, um, please do. The wins in PDC are incredibly satisfying. Like, and and this is mostly coming from EDH. It's probably true to a certain extent of PDH as well. Um, but you, a game ends, someone casts Insurrection. Um, 
all creatures swing, game's over, and you're like, man, I wish I had cast Insurrection. Or uh, someone gets a combo out that's going to deal infinite damage, and you're like, all right, you walk me through it, you win. But we had a game that ended with, like, is he going to block? Can I phase him out with poison counters? Um, we had another game end when I lightning bolted your face for exact damage. Like, these, it's much more thrilling in that 1v1 set because there is only one person you're focused on. It is about that slightly more aggressive kick, and it's still uh, popper, so there's fewer combos and stuff. Um, but it, the wins have felt satisfying. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I, I certainly, even when I was losing, like, the wins felt earned. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I said it at the top of the show, but I I love playing this format. Like, I to be fair, our win-loss ratio between the two of us is, n- is not exactly uh, no, no. equal. It's a little skewed in my favor. But, uh, but yeah, every every time has been fun. And I think another thing um, is that, at least personally, um, I've always felt like I've been doing something. Yes. You bricked a little bit mm-hmm. on a couple of the games. Um, and obviously that is unfortunate and that that's a combination of just like variants and also, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe deck building on that one, that one list you had, but, um, but like, yeah, it, it's, it, it's not like during PDH or EDH where sometimes you do some things and your stuff gets removed and then you just kind of, you are just also along for the ride, yes. but you're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like we both were, uh, consistently yeah. in it, mm-hmm. in it really. There was no, there was no, was um, nice. besides that, that one fin game with all pump spells, um, there was, yeah. n- there's never been a turn that felt like it didn't affect the game in some way. There was no like, I guess, well, you know, pass or something. It, there was usually, and this is a, a like you said, uh, deck construction and um, just good draws, but every turn felt like it impacted and changed the game a little bit. I mean, especially in that one where you got the, uh, the initiative going. I don't think I've ever... I, I didn't do the pre-release, so I don't think I've ever played against the initiative. But any, like, Monarch, Initiative, these things that are made for multiplayer formats, and you put them in 1v1, they get potent. Like, you just dealt five to my face, and if you hadn't bricked on freaking looking at the top ten cards of your library to get a creature with three one one counters and Hexproof, that would have that been the end of the game much earlier. Yeah, that that card was wild. What was that? I need to uh, I need to find that card. Yeah, oh, yeah, it had a flick, too. It was a, a four-mana ETB get the um initiative then it's a one five and it has when it's blocked just deal five damage to the uh defending player's face yeah that card was freaking sick um i actually i can't which is such it was something about how that how that works with these combat based mechanics and it's like okay i'm still going to deal damage to the opponent regardless of whether or not i get through so the initiative will be mine that is a potent mix on a card that also enables itself yeah. yeah, and then you put counters on it, made it a freaking three seven, like some trash human. I know. I I was blocking for days. Yeah, I was blocking for days. I also, to be fair, you you got you tried to get out a bunch of death touch creatures there because you were playing the fin deck, yep. and I just had like, I had crip rats. I had like all his creatures get minus two minus two. Evan Car's justice. Yeah, you pulled that once. Yeah, Evan Car's justice. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was black white am i right the, the, the most fun color combination but uh but luckily you switched it up and and maybe that's something that uh we should talk about next because you played a green deck um and a common refrain at least from our experience has been green doesn't really perform as well as you might want it to at this level outside of we didn't play the um specifically pdc tuned 
um, what is it? The 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 combo with the lay and lore weaver, right? Like that's going to be a yes. different style of green deck. Um, but elves, kind of dirtily. Um, Finn, a little bit dirtily. I think green lacks so much removal when you're playing a common. You've got a couple fight cards, but that require fight requires you know extra setup like death touch and big creatures and etc. And it felt like green has a harder time getting started than uh, Grixis, which all have removal at a low level. Um, and then I don't think we saw much white played, even in the, the black-white deck. Yeah. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think um, I think, I think a few things. One, a lot of, like, green's powerful cards obviously are at, like, higher mana cost, yes. right? You're, like, one of your best cards for this is just going to be, like, a 5-mana 7-7 seven, seven yep. or something, right? And I think the other thing is, too, is that um, green is often maligned in something like EDH because you can just ramp out really quickly. Yes. Um, and there's obviously plenty of ramp at common. We know this from PDH, but it's not as potent and there's not as much as EDH. Right. And also, uh, the reason that that ramp is so problematic mm. is then you can play these eight and nine yeah. mana cards that end the game that are all rare and mythic right. that you don't have access to. And I, I, I just think the ceiling on a lot of these green commons, especially in something like this, is not is not there. So yeah, it's slower to get going and also but you also don't have crazy inevitability that like, okay, once I get yeah. to seven mana, I will just end the game. And and you're um, still the only target, right? Like you're you're ramping while I'm attacking your face. Um in another game, yes. you might ramp, someone plays a threat, et cetera, et cetera. So the the threat's gonna be targeted before the cultivate. Um so there's there's a much higher cost to spending a turn uh, ramping in PDC than there is um, other multiplayer formats, which I think has been a known thing. That's why you don't see many ramp spells in um, in 60 card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have that time to set up where, like, I think the joke is, you know, in, in EDH, the first three or four turns is just everyone playing out their mana rocks and, yep. and ramping a bit. And that's like, okay, now we're on, now we all have six mana, it's like turn four, okay, now we'll actually yes. play the game, yep. right? Something like that. Um. But yeah, but I, I experienced that when I played uh, a deck that I actually think has some potential, mm, um, yep. and I, I might actually try and tweak it a bit, is uh, Ruination Rider. Now this is, uh, we were just looking through the deck list, and I was like, I don't want to play uh, Knights of the Black Ghost again, just because, uh, frankly, I felt bad for Joe. But um, <laughs> uh, I was just like, let me just see what this is. And I was like, Ruination Rider, all right, it's Gruel, I'll play it. Uh, but it's actually a pretty cool card. It's from Modern Horizons 1, which we were remarking the amount of good yeah. Modern Horizons 1. What was it? Magmatic cards. Sinkhole, and then there was the 6-6, um, the six, six, yeah. or the 5-5 five, five for 6 with Trample, but gets plus 3, plus 3 if there's a land in your graveyard. Yeah, I... Uh, where is it? Mirasa Behemoth, yeah. yeah. And then Magmatic Sinkhole was also that. And I think you had one or two cards as well that we were remarking on. But yeah, Ruination Rider is a green and a red for a 2-2. Two, two. Mm -hmm. uh, and when it dies, you can have it deal damage to any target equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. Now, this was kind of a cool, um, I don't know, a different kind of take. You were describing it almost as gruel control, which yeah. I think might be right. It's uh, It's got a lot of, like, sacrificing lands for value, you know, things like harrow and mm -hmm. crop rotation. It's got a bunch of cycling lands. And then, you know, if your opponent doesn't have the um, consistent uh, Goblin Heel Cutter uh, Azra Ozmaker loop and you actually can block with your ruination rider it can prove to be quite the problem in terms of like taking something out on block and also nuking something else on the field yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> So it's funny because <clears throat> I, I was only thinking of it and looking out for it because I saw um, – Someone who's like been been stronger and stronger in the community, uh, really advocating for mono white in PDH. Uh, Devin Far Traveler is the uh, Twitter handle. I know he goes on PDH Pal sometimes. I think he teams up for pods with um, our buddies at the PDH Pod sometimes. Um, but he played. Nice. I, I was just you know lurking on Twitter as one does, and at, at some game night he played a Svela deck uh, that was PDH, and he, it was described as a much more sort of controlling presence. Um, so there, I think there is a space for gruel control at the common level. Um, and that's definitely what I think we kind of saw with the Ruination Rider. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, you have the opportunity to kind of just set up pow powerful resource loops. Yep. And red has just enough removal that you can kind of play some of that control, like you said. And then green, once it gets set up obviously can kind of just put like a wall down yes. right just to protect you and i think i think that's the idea um with this i was not able to make it happen mm -hmm. um uh, the fling play was really one spicy. because i you think uh, flung flung it at um azra odds maker and then had one land in your graveyard so the one extra damage killed it too which was an interesting use but um effective yeah i i mean imagine something like that where I have a few more uh, cards, you know, cards in my graveyard, and I can actually take yes. out like two creatures yeah. or even three creatures or whatever, depending on how how I can, you know, chain things. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, th I I definitely think there's there's an opportunity for this, um, but I want to talk about your Azra Oddsmakers deck because that is it's just a, a yeah. freaking powerful deck. Like it just goes so hard. Before before we do, I do want to call out like two or three cards in here uh, from Ruination Rider where. It, it's a very fun, you know, you're trying to get lands into the graveyard, right? So we, we were talking at the end of the game, we we saw Destructive Digger. Uh, first time we'd ever seen that card. Three mana, yes. tap it, sacrifice an artifact or land, draw a card. Like, that's wild. Then you have the classic meme, um, what is it, Orcish Lumberjack. A one for one one, tap to sacrifice a forest to add three mana in any combination. Um, yep, and yep. You, you get, like, other cards, too, that care about things in your graveyard and, and mechanics that, like, uh, what is it? Uh, retrace? There's not much of it at common, but just, you know, give it another Modern Horizon set. Flame Jab. Um, deal one damage, but Retrace is play this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. And so you get all mm -hmm. these other things that kind of play into it in a little different way. Um, and I guess we were also commenting a Swirling Sandstorm, which has come up in uh, quite a few PDH lists recently as being a pretty effective board wipe. Five damage to everything without flying. The threshold, uh, it, it only does something if you have threshold, but you're filling the yard with um, lands. So, but yeah, I, I am excited to see your take on this. I want to see it continue, and I do expect to see the um, new Capenna lands because I think those, I think those would be spicy. I think they'd be fun, yeah. and they give you more triggers on all of this stuff. But yeah, this is like one of those lists where like I'm actually happy, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, yes, I want to play every single cycle land and like tear them yeah. pants, evolving wilds. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think you're right. The uh, the Nuka Penalands, which I believe I can play two. Yes. Yeah, two of them. I think technically um, you could play all of them, but I think some of them would just die on play. Because um, don't you, like, yeah, they play, then sack, then search for a basic of one of three types. But yeah, you should be able to play. Yeah. You should, yeah, be able to play two or three of them because um, of that fun I guess PDH three, rule. the the Grixis one would only be able to get a mountain, but yes. I could still technically play True. it. True, Yeah. Um. 
yeah, I'm, I, uh, I think I might actually try and uh, mess around with this one um, and see what's up. That is one thing that I noticed is that uh, a lot of the lists on the PDC Popper Dual Commander have not been updated recently. Mm. Like, I want to say the most recent one was like six months ago. True. Um, yeah, so they, so they haven't benefited from 2022 sets so far. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's just uh, a... Like, if the, the actual users who create them... Uh, have been updating yeah. them, but they're just not changed on the the like compendium part. Um, but yeah, true. They're still they could be they're still potent, mm-hmm. and there and there are ways to um, obviously yeah. their additional cards. And it's also the kind of thing too. So. It's it's uh, a bit of a time capsule, but like if everything was upgraded one year ago, they're all fine. Like nothing is using tech from the last year um, that could make it a better deck or whatever. Maybe there's more support now in certain strategies um but since they're all they might all be from that original italian league that we saw word of in the uh first article and just haven't been touched since probably uh, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah azra odds maker still as potent probably more potent in 1v1 um but there's a larger target on it for oh, sure yeah. uh madness oh, yeah. list doing crazy stuff um uh, i love it i love it so much yeah um you had a couple spicy plays where you were rolling and i think the, i think the biggest one was the goblin heel cutter yeah uh, goblin like heel cutter was lock brutal or whatever you would dash it in yep you would make it so that i only had one creature at the time couldn't block and then you had the odds maker the odds maker would draw two cards and uh, a couple of those times you were discarding uh madness cards mm-hmm. um actually twice you were discarding madness cards that dealt damage to deal with my second creature so mm-hmm. you would kill one of my creatures my other one couldn't block and i was just taking six and that happened like three or four turns in a row i want to say i want to say three turns in a row. yeah uh, i've, I've a never played rough. a dash card and being like man i want to dash this <laughs> and that was yeah, that was pretty real. good yeah i yeah i mean like like we said it's you, that that's a card you would never play nope. in a four-player game nope yeah, target but. creature and all that. Yeah, it, it was it was a really fun list. I think this one focuses a bit more on making sure you get in and are uh, drawing two cards. Uh, so trying to keep that engine a little less on the madness. I think it's playing like most of the madness cards, but I I think I've seen another list that plays a little bit more. Um, but I mean, you you get rid of a random swamp and you have a chance to draw into two pieces of removal. Like that game. We got to a point, I, I started out ahead, uh, was dealing like six damage a couple times, but you were able to build up resources eventually um, until you played that card we mentioned from Modern Horizons 1 uh, that was uh, the 5-5 five five that becomes an 8-8 eight eight with Trample. And so I had like two cards that could deal one damage each and get through uh, each turn when you had your board stake because Spore Mound was out as well, Ruination Rider, etc., um, but 8-8 eight, yeah. eight with Trample is not something that this deck is really going to be able to deal with well. Uh, so I, I just spun <laughs> spun the wheel, uh, discarded some random thing, and drew into Snuff Out and Lightning Bolt, um, which, which... Yeah, like the best two cards. Right, I was back. capped out. There was no other removal spell that would have the same potency as um, Snuff Out in that moment. And just having access to that um, is so powerful. And so I think the list plays a lot of the madness creatures, maybe a few less of the madness spells. And I think that's kind of like, it decided that removal is more important than being able to pull off a janky combo. Which, you know, agree to disagree. Yeah, but... Seems seems, seems reasonable. Um, 
I, I just have to say this just because uh, I was looking back through my tabs of all the decks we were mm-hmm. doing. And uh, the uh, Knights of the Black Rose um, is playing all five Rune of Protections. Mm. And I just feel like that's something that people should know that this is this is where we are. Yeah. Uh, we're playing these. But, uh, but it's pretty cool, you know? What was the... Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember that crazy... There was one play that had... Um, I think it was when you flung uh, Ruination Rider for the first time. I played a... Um, I think it was Lightning Axe which additional cost discard a card and i discarded um what is it call, call to the, the netherworld, netherworld i believe which has a madness yeah. of zero to target a creature in my graveyard all of this like happening on the stack and then you fling and it hurts and it's sad but the, having those type of loops is not something that i at least have had in a while because normally it's like i play heater i counter it you play heater i counter it <laughs> Or kill yeah. it once it hits the field. Yeah. So, so getting these like more That's interesting sure. lines where you're not getting out of it by countering any one of these. I mean, you're not in blue or or killing one of my creatures. It's like through a new, unique method um, was fun as well. Yeah, you definitely have to be more on your toes in terms of like how you want to sequence things and and kind of yeah. I feel like you got to be a little more flexible. Yes, frankly, especially since we're working with you know commons. Right. And that. Your your main decking gluttonous no. slug, like. I I did not even uh, see that card, uh, so I don't two mana O three with uh, menace and evolve. <laughs> I oh that's actually I'm terrified of kinda, what well menace nice. and evolve crazy combo. I'm terrified of a slug evolving though. That scares me, but the flavor text does make it worth it. No amount of salt will save you. Commons, Commons flavor text. We saw some great ones. The the Goblin Digger um, from the Ruination Rider one. The Destructive Digger. I love digging. It gives me lots of time to think about how much I love digging. They, they, they're good. They're not like some crazy legendary that says, you know, and lo, the world, world trembled when I stepped asunder something, something. These are just like, hey, we're, we're just having fun. Lightning Bolt yeah, text that's... on uh, Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Legends Commander Baldur um, is, hasn't she heard of knocking? <laughs> Great. All uh, all absolute legends. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, So that's all the decks that we played. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we played, we've probably played, what would you say, maybe 10 games of this over the course of... Yeah, a few different play sessions. Yeah, we we, um, we knew we wanted to talk about it, um, and so we were trying to get as men- much of a breadth as we could. So maybe sometime soon we'll do a depth of you know trying one particular strategy, checking it out, doing the kind of analysis that we see in these other leagues. Uh, but so far, it's been a, a, a just getting started, I would say. Yeah, um, I think maybe we just should finish out with like a few general things that people should know. Yeah, um, I have a few points that I kind of want to okay. just talk about. Um, one, obviously, if you already play PDH uh, or CPDH, uh, this is going to feel um, similar, and most of the pros from that, I would say, uh, apply. Yeah. Uh, number one being, I would say, the price point. The Ruination Rider deck is under $30, yep. and uh, I think all the other ones that we played were they're, around They're around 50, 50 um, and that's like for the best of tech uh, at this level. I think the, the Abomination of Lana War when I was peeking was like 40, and my Elf Ball is like 45, and then Azra was 60. That one was a little spicier, but mm. I think it's... Oh, it's 60 because yeah. they have an oubliette in here, um, but it's one of the... It's the the $36 version, not the like $1 version. So this thing would go way down in price. 
Oh geez, yeah, yeah, that'll that'll do it to you. I wonder if actually I need to check now if that's. Uh, yeah, that Oubliette, and then like what is it? Snuff out at five dollars, and um, Nice Whisper at three dollars. You can cut these down. It's a it's a deck of commons. You can cut them down to twenty thirty dollars easy. Um, I would I would say yeah, this uh, if you have experience oh, sorry, with CPDH, it's much more immediately um, transferable, and the decks are probably not one to one because there's there's the things we talked about kind of a few times of like target opponent spells versus each opponent spells and the the cast the cost of casting them for target opponents usually less and you should play those etc cetera, etc cetera. but i i think like you said all of the learnings kind of carry over and you're in that more aggressive mindset already yeah yeah i think that's um kind of like like if i can broaden that statement a little mm -hmm. bit one of the things that i i was thinking especially when we were kind of discussing brewing things and, and i think we're going to continue to brew a bit more um is that like a lot of things that normally you might you know depending on how entrenched and how how much you've played and brewed for things like pdh yeah. and edh a lot of the strategies that normally you would write off as just not being viable in a uh you know singleton four player political mm -hmm. adjacent format um are namely the gelectrode like this is not really something that you could do at least on this this concentrated right, in in one of those decks and have success so i think um consider those sort of things and especially if those are things that you have wanted to do if you're a boros player <laughs> in edh or even in pdh this is your format yes boros i feel like is actually probably cracked in this mm -hmm. format um maybe that's something i'll have to look at and see what the uh who the uh, commander options are but yeah if uh i would just say like re-expand your 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 uh your thought process yeah. for that sort of thing because i think there are a lot of things that you can work with and even succeed with um that you normally would just skip over mm -hmm. when brewing for something like edh at least personally for me yeah no I, I i completely agree um understanding those differences and then also my, my biggest pro uh with all these formats is always playing cards that you wouldn't have normally seen in your average games of commander so we we got our first yeah. sort of glimpse at that with pdh and cpdh especially trying out all those um, DDB decks uh, and seeing like the crazy cards that have interaction are worthwhile here. And then there's a subset, a slightly different subset that you use in PDC where, you know, they're, they're just incredibly powerful in this format and nowhere else. <laughs> and so anytime you yeah. get to play with those is super fun. Like a, a, I was trying to think, actually, I was trying to think of the, the flesh bag um, retrace or, um, whatever it is uh combo but i was like no that would be just as potent because that's each opponent you could just keep everyone's board um down which is the horrifying but yeah uh yeah that's true. yeah some of the things are just like super cool here um as julian mentioned most of my decks i think yeah elf ball i would put abomination in the front of this before even stepping up to three other opponents but yeah, I'm a. I'm just. I'm looking at my uh, my Gelectrode and like something like Sonic Seizure. Mm -hmm. One red for an instant. Uh, discard a card at random as an additional cost. Deals three damage to target creature or player. <laughs> Not something you would ever play in like other formats, but like sometimes you just got to deal that last three. Yep. Yep. Oh, what art too! Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a little wonky. A little like, wonky. What is it? Woody Harrelson for sure. With a, a helmet on, um, doing something to Michael Dude, Jordan. I. I no idea unclear it's actually ridiculous <laughs> it's from uh, what is this set i don't know i want to say like prophecy or no, uh, mirage or something yeah tempest a I think. long time ago no not tempest uh, it's know. the it's the thing that looks like a sliver that's like in a little circle torment that's what yes. it is 
Right, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, how could I forget Torment? Yeah, any any, classic any, set. any last things, any cons? Like, what, what were things that you wish could have gone a little bit better in this format, besides green? <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say green was a little uh, disappointing, but that might just be uh, inexperience or, right. or, or bad deck building on our mm-hmm. part. Um, I guess... Uh, I guess the only thing is when games are a little one-sided, like it's not... Yeah, there's more blowouts. It's not like when... You can't really recover um, like you can in maybe a four-player game. Right, because if you were in a four-player game, right, you you get blown out a little bit. Like you try and do a thing, right, and you get stopped, and then you have to rebuild for a couple turns. Um, it's possible. This one, obviously, because there's just... The focus is only on you. Mm-hmm. You you can get a little bit more punished in that way. But I, I don't think there was ever really, except for the game that you completely yeah. bricked. Like, I don't feel like any of the games were, uh, no, like a super, were really bad in that mm-hmm. sense, I guess. I don't really know exactly how I want to phrase yeah. it, but some of that, um, some of that I think might be just the, the card pool too, as we found like commons are usually much more evenly balanced in terms of, um, the colors and what they're, cause I think the, what is it? one of the you know design pillars is uh, the the colors are the most distinct at the common level besides all the jankiness from years ago that makes the format viable. So you get yeah <laughs> you get all of the colors kind of able to do their own thing, but it, it they interact in a much cleaner way than they might uh, otherwise. Besides green being yeah. unable to remove. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, honestly though, I don't really have many yeah cons at all. I, I guess. If you want to play like big haymakers, <laughs> you can't because they're all rare and mythic. So sorry, just play EDH. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's really like, it's like the, the mix of doing a one v one. So it's got all the pros and cons of a one v one format. Um, which I, I don't think we've ever really done dual commander except when two people don't show up to game night. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how it is like. It's a big brother format. Um, but isn't that just like Highlander too? I guess you don't have a commander now. You know, it must. Well, so I was actually thinking this because there is dual commander D U E L, which I believe the other one is is. Oh no, it's that. But um, anyway, that's uh, I believe was started by a French group of people. Ooh. So it's these these Europeans. The Europeans are really about the one v one. They're like, we like what Highlander. you got. Let's make it competitive. We've been fighting yeah, the hundred years like war. We didn't do that because we're all friends. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But then there's Canadian Highlander, mm-hmm. which is like the the North American sort of yeah. CEDH, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's... Any last thoughts? That's that's really all I got. Um, it's a fun format. It's just getting started. It's going to be interesting to continue to watch the metagame develop and the analysis. It seems like the people who are kind of behind pushing it on the PDH home base and that stuff are very enthused and are working to cultivate the uh the space so look forward to seeing more from them um and everything that they're kind of wanting to talk about with it um and hopefully we'll get jelectrode up there with greats like uh crackling drake and loyal apprentice listen all i'm saying is i'm coming for the meta okay <laughs> i don't have to be friendly anymore because we're we're, we're playing dual commander we're not playing pdh anymore mm-hmm. we're not playing a multiplayer i'm coming i'm coming for the meta okay and that's that but yeah, love the format. Uh, would highly recommend y'all check it out and uh, help contribute to it. Yeah. Because it's still in its fledgling form. You can find information about mm-hmm. it on pdhhomebase.com. That's probably the uh, the easiest place to find it. 
Um, and then there's the, the account we talked about on Moxfield as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Uh, let's head out.